Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. 720 WGN, thank you for joining us this afternoon. It's Tuesday. That means we get to check in with Tom Skilling. Our conversation is brought to you by Permaseal Basement Systems. Tom, this is exactly the type of weather we have waited for. Yeah, isn't it the truth? Uh, you know, we've not seen anything like this for close to seven months. In terms of the fact that we're going to put back-to-back 80-degree temperatures together tomorrow and Thursday. So how about that, Lisa? Warmest temperatures of the year to date. Uh, this will be the fourth day that we've been over 70 degrees. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, if you look at the temperatures uh, since the first of the year, we're uh, running above normal temperatures by a margin of more than two to one compared to below normal temperatures. So despite the uh, chilly March, this continues a trend of above normal temperatures around here. And it turns out this is the 14th warmest in the past 151 years to date. But this is by any stretch of the imagination, the nicest weather we've seen so far. Absolutely. And Illinois farm families couldn't be happier. I'm telling you what, I can't remember the last time he's been in the fields and this active this soon. When he was, when he left yesterday morning at six and came home at midnight, I was like, that's a good day. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, very interesting, too, that this has been the wettest year to date that we've had so far. So this nice break in the weather is uh, is really welcome. And uh, gosh, you know, by any measure, the vegetation is coming out. I was looking at the uh, measurement of ice on the Great Lakes. We have only about one-fifth the normal amount of ice on the Great Lakes. Less than 2% of the lakes uh, have ice on them. And, you know, it's warmed up so quickly that this banner uh, snow year they've had in the North Woods with still more than two feet of snow on the ground in places, it's melting so fast with the onset of warm air that they're actually warning uh, of potential flooding uh, as a result of this melting snow way up in northern Wisconsin and upper Michigan. So there's been quite a sea change uh, going in this uh, this pattern that we've got going. Tom, I had some friends send me pictures from the Northwoods today. They've got a lot of snow on the ground up there. So when does that melt? Because they were saying they're going to have warm temps today. But does that affect, you know, the flood stages for the Fox River and all the rivers that run through the Chicagoland area? You know, they're saying on the whole, uh, the flooding will be minor, but there'll be some localized areas where they get uh, more snow on the ground. Here are some numbers. Two feet of snow, Marquette, Michigan. You know, at the Land of Lakes, Wisconsin, they have 19 inches on the ground, 25 inches up by Ashland, 26 inches on the ground at Bayfield. These are both way up in the northwest corner of Wisconsin. Uh, uh, Hazelhurst, Wisconsin, 15 inches. So there's a lot of water. They call it a record amount of water tied up in all this snow. And the warming has been so rapid that, uh, you know, they will get some some melting uh, all through that area. And they have some flood advisories up there. So it's a quick transition. But, you know, having said that, uh, we're not totally done with the chance of some snow, especially in the upper Midwest. And something like... Uh, uh, oh, about less, just under 20% of years have produced 
uh, uh, measurable snow, a tenth of an inch or more here in the Chicago area. That's only one in five. Uh, but, you know, you can still get that. So uh, also, it's a little bit early to be planting things that are uh, frost perishable because you can still get some frost in the area. Though the average last date of a 32-degree temperature in the city has been on or about April 17th, and uh, as late as May 2nd in interior northwest Indiana, for instance, where you get away from the warmth of the lake. So a little bit early to put the plants in yet, but I'll tell you, this is sure going to encourage the blooms to come out, and they're doing just that across the area, Lisa. I know. If you get into western Illinois or central Illinois, all the magnolias are bloomed. The dogwoods are starting to bloom. And even around here, Tom, uh, my friends, they're itching. They're at the garden centers. They are, you know, keeping their fingers crossed, not putting anything in the ground yet, but certainly getting ready for the gardens. And you know what's interesting? Um, The the science of phenology, which is uh, looking at how natural cycles lead to vegetation emergence, um, they've indicated that uh, vegetation is coming out almost three or has come out three weeks early, as close by as Indianapolis and two weeks early downstate around St. Louis and uh, Champaign. So there's been unseasonable warmth in that area, and that extends down to the deep south. So uh, it really, the spring vegetation has been coming on early uh, that close to us. And uh, it's a sign that uh, we've had a warm winter uh, over much of the eastern U.S., just south of us as well. So this 80-degree temp that is headed our way, is that unusual or is that pretty average? You know, the average first date of an 80 around here, I was looking at that uh, since uh, the turn of uh, this current century, uh, since 2000, the last two decades, a little more than that. The average date of the first 80 has been on or about April 13th. So that puts, uh, you know, that's Thursday this week. Um, And that puts this warm spell pretty much on target. But, you know, it's interesting as evidence of the fact that uh, the climate is warming. If you were to go back to World War II and look at the average date here in Chicago of the first 80, used to be around April uh, 21st. So we're getting 80-degree temperatures about a week earlier uh, in just the last two decades than we did going back to World War II, if you looked at the average there. So um, it's it's occurring slowly, but uh, there's evidence that uh, we're in a warming uh, temperature regime around here. And that has to do with the ocean temps as well, right? Yeah. Um, interesting study out uh, just the other day from NOAA. Uh, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, they, they point out that 2022 temperatures of the oceans averaged across the planet uh, put the ocean temps at the highest level observed since satellites were looking at uh, all the oceans of the world combined starting back in the late 1970s. So a lot of the warmth, they figure about 90% of the warmth brought on by uh, the greenhouse gas buildup is going into the oceans. It's also the carbon dioxide is being absorbed by the oceans. So the oceans are 30% more acidic than they were uh, back before the Industrial Revolution. So lots of changes. And this has impacts on marine life and so forth. But uh, it's a sign, again, that, uh, you know, we're on a warming planet uh, overall. Tom Skilling is with us coming up. We'll try and explain why you're sneezing. He'll give us the pollen count. We'll talk about a fire weather watch. I've never heard of that before. Uh, But first, Mary's got the current temp. What is it, Mayor? 
720 WGN. So, Tom, are you like everybody else? You just feel like you want to go outside and run or play or drive fast? Oh. <laughs> Lisa, I'm sitting here in the home weather office. I've got the windows wide open. I've been looking forward to this point in the year, and you probably have been too, and so is everybody else. Boy, is it fun to throw the windows open, and we can, we can literally keep them open uh, the rest of the week. Gets a little cool at night, but uh, gosh, it's it's beautiful. That air is coming in, so it's it's lovely. Yeah, that and those cool temps are great at night. Tom Skilling, our beloved meteorologist from WGN TV, is with us. We get to check in every Tuesday, but I I have to keep the windows shut sometime, Tom, because. I have allergies, and I notice a lot of people are sneezing, eyes are watery. What is the pollen count right now? What are we dealing with this week? Yeah, the, you know, the folks at Loyola, uh, Dr. Rasna Shah takes the readings there, and that's really a public service. They tell us grass pollen uh, is high, uh, tree pollen moderate, so is the mold spore count. So that's probably what you're reacting to. And you mentioned something else. Uh, there is a fire weather watch in effect. Uh, it starts about 11 o'clock tomorrow uh, through 7 o'clock tomorrow evening. This has been declared by my uh, colleagues at the Weather Service. And what that means, uh, Lisa, is the combination of low humidity, uh, sunshine, and gusty winds. Well, some wind gusts building to 30 miles an hour in the afternoon tomorrow. Um means that any fires that start outside run the risk of spreading uh, kind of quickly. And you may not think of it as, as being a threat, but the fact is, you know, you can get fields to burn and stuff like that. So it's pretty wise to control smoking material, be careful of that, and not to be doing burning outside till we get through this period of higher risk of fire spreading. Uh, it's not a, it's something you hear about every day, but a fire weather watch has been declared for tomorrow. Yeah, I've never even heard of that, Tom. Is that something new, or is that something meteorologists have always been aware of? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, the Weather Service issues uh, on the plain states and the Rockies what are called red flag warnings. And what they look at is, you know, it's interesting. The forecasters out at the Storm Prediction Center, which is the same Weather Service uh, facility that puts out the country's thunderstorm and tornado watches, they look at a combination of temperature, humidity, uh, precipitation, soil moisture, and issue these red flag warnings, which indicates the threat of spreading. And now, oftentimes, this occurs more out in the plain states and out in the Rockies than it does here. But every now and then, we face that uh, possibility, and it's not something I, I think we're a little more aware of it these days. And the modeling that's done makes forecasters better able to do that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be fires what it does is it it issues a, a kind of a cautionary note to be careful where you're burning or whether you're burning in this kind of weather it's probably wise to hold off if you can and oftentimes you know uh, we have folks who do controlled burns they get rid of uh, vegetation that will otherwise burn during the warm season so they in controlled burn situations will burn off some of this excess vegetation and they're very mindful of the conditions in which the fires can spread so uh, they'll tend to avoid these controlled burns in these high risk periods yeah i uh, i've seen that in in the burbs like you know west of st charles in those areas they would do controlled burns and you come up on one you're like oh my gosh i better call 911 and 
then you realize, oh, I see what's going on there, you know, restoring yeah. the prairie land or and, and, you know, you'll find that people in the burbs, even though they probably shouldn't still burn some yard waste and that type of thing in the city, it seems foreign yeah. that people would be burning stuff, but it does happen. So beware the next 48 hours. And then can you give us the forecast? Are we going to see rain this weekend? Uh, there'll be some rain. The first chance of rain we see around here is on Saturday. Uh, there's a cold front that will go through. It could kick off some showers and thunderstorms. And then a very windy and uh, much cooler day expected Sunday. We'll be on the backside of a spring storm system, the first we've had in a while, because the jet stream's been pushed way north with all the storms uh, this work week. So we're dry through the rest of the work week. We'll see 80 tomorrow, 83 on Thursday, 77 on Friday, and no doubt 75 on uh, Saturday. And then we'll fall back to the... Uh, low 50s during the day on Sunday. Sunday could see a couple little spotty instability showers, mid-40 mile-an-hour wind gusts that will have dropped temperatures Sunday. So we're not done with the cool yet, but we sure have a nice stretch of warm weather to go through the rest of the work week and the early part of the weekend. So enjoy, Lisa. Well, this is welcome after that chilly March we had around here. It's absolutely fantastic. Have a beautiful day, Tom. We'll be watching you on TV tonight. Thank you, Lisa. Good to talk to you. Happy Tuesday. Yeah, it's always a happy day when we talk to you, Tom. Uh, he's one of the three T's we talked to on Tuesday. So we talked to Howard Tolman, now Tom Skilling, and Terry Savage joins us after 4 o'clock. Steve was mentioning earlier, uh, we were talking about the Walmarts closing, and most of us guess that's based on theft and loss. And Steve said when he was working retail in high school, he chased a guy out of a store. That prompted a text message said, I worked as a teller in a bank during college. It was drilled into our heads. Give them the money. Do not chase. If you did, it was immediate termination. There was a guy I worked with who did chase, caught the robber, didn't get shot, got the money. He handed over the cash. They fired him. (laughs) And you're right. These crimes don't get prosecuted these days. So you can try and take a guess as to why Walmart is... Closing four stores, they're saying it's because the revenue is not coming in, but most of us would kind of guess it has something to do with people just going in there and taking what they want. Okay, story out of Florida. You got time for this team because this cracks me up. This just came across and I'm like, this is, uh, as a parent, what do you do? Here's the headline. Florida girl, 12, stole dad's car, took friend to meet person they met online 400 miles away. Wow. (laughs) she's 12 she's 12 um she took her dad's car her and her friend are going to meet somebody 400 miles away that they met online they stop in alabama to get gas then they're in the gas station they're like oh my gosh those are our faces on tv and they decided maybe they should turn themselves in since there was a missing child alert issued and uh, they called their dad and Of course, they came to pick them up. They do not believe there was foul play intended. This person they met online, it didn't seem to be like some kind of predator or anything. But what makes a 12-year-old think they can get in their father's car and drive 400 miles? Well, she almost got away with it. Well, she almost got there. That is just so crazy to me. I did crazy things as a kid, but I would never go that far. Should the parents be proud that she was such a good driver? (laughs) And that she know how to fill the car up with gas. Right. I mean, that's amazing. I know, because when I wanted my kid to fill up the car with gas, 
the somebody from the gas station came out and yelled and said, "Does he have a driver's license?" I said, "No, he's 15." They're like, "He cannot touch the gas pump." Like, so how? Do, I mean, do you look that old at 12 that you could pull this off? That nobody during that big journey called and said, "Hey, there's a kid on the interstate in a car." Kind of crazy. And of course, out of Florida. Steve's news is coming up next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Terry Savage will join us. Kevin has the sports click. And there's a new R. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Now they say repair. We'll talk about that coming up on 720 WGN.